0: Welcome back to another episode of the Millennial Entrepreneur. My name is Sina and I love following the journeys of the young entrepreneurs. In this episode, it's a solo episode. I know so many guys love solo episodes, so I'm deciding to do a few more of them every now and again. Um, And this solo episode came out of a very interesting experience that I'll go on to a bit later on. But in this episode, I'm going to be talking about how to test your new business idea and different types of minimum viable products, MVPs, that you can use when testing your idea. And I'll be covering how to construct a hypothesis the many different types of MVPs that exist and how to select the best ones for your needs and also personal experience myself of which ones we have used most effectively for my business wing and also how to use this information the, the data that, that, that comes from it and learn from it to iterate and grow your business. There's so much to cover in this episode I can't wait to talk to you guys about it. I think it'd be really practical for a lot of you guys because obviously we talk to a lot of young entrepreneurs on the on the podcast but actual sort of very practical advice, step-by-step stuff um, we might not do enough of and I think we should really cover that more in, in the podcast. I do try very hard to do that sort of thing but it doesn't always come out in the episodes but yeah so I thought this episode might be very useful for you guys especially in the very very early stages and all this information has really helped me uh, on, on my journey to my business so yeah and obviously we'll go into it later on the episode for sure. If you are new to the podcast welcome, this is a podcast all about young entrepreneurship, how to start your business, all that good stuff. If you do listen to this episode and you enjoy it, please be sure to give a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts. And as a thank you, I'll give you a shout-out in the next episode. Uh, And if you don't have Apple, if you don't have an iPhone, you can can support us in other ways. You can follow us on Instagram, follow us on LinkedIn, uh, show some support that way. Obviously, share it to your friends, subscribe on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. That really helps out the channel grow. Anyway, without further ado, let's get on with the episode. Alright, I'm so excited to be back on another solo episode. I think I've really got the hang of this. It is a bit sort of daunting, uh, just literally talking to yourself in a room. It is is a very it is a very different experience, but I think I've kind of got the hang of it. So, yeah, this experience, what we're talking to be talking about today, so the types of MVP and how to test your idea. This came out of a discussion that I had basically i got invited to talk to bath entrepreneur society uh, a university society that obviously focuses on entrepreneurship for students and they they wanted me to come on to talk about this sort of this sort of premise because loads of students obviously want to start a business loads of young people want to start a business but they don't really know where to start when it comes to this sort of thing more practically and they have you know wonderful ideas but it's actually kind of like testing that idea because obviously the the budget's not there they they probably don't have a huge budget to to you know spend massive amounts of money testing the idea they want to test it in a, in a succinct you know cheap way affordable way um to get the best results to know whether it's worth you know doubling down their time their money um to actually work on the idea and so yeah i spoke to them spoken for quite a while to be fair to, for about 40 40 minutes to about an hour um and a lot of amazing questions came out of it so I thought it was a really useful discussion for them I think because when I was sort of at university which wasn't that long ago it was probably like two years two years ago now three years in in their sort of position in like second year uni um, I, I had similar sort of thoughts when it comes to sort of MVPs how to test ideas like I guess a bit of background my, my first business that I had it was literally just an idea I didn't even test it at all but I, um, I pitched it to this to this sort of pitching competition and I won sort of eight thousand pounds at the time which was like huge I was like that's that's like that's amazing right and I thought like that eight thousand pounds was there to kind of like for me to build like all like all the website like everything basically all the the, the platform um it, it I shouldn't have done that basically because I spent about three thousand pounds building a website um, without any, so again, no testing, none of that, none of that stuff, which is it's so valuable that I didn't do because I just didn't really know. And so, bottom line, I spent about three thousand um, pounds just literally building a website, building a platform that no one used. So no one used it at all. Like not, no one signed up. No one, like, actually used it properly. Um, just because it wasn't, it wasn't the right solution to that problem. It wasn't the right website there. And the reason why it wasn't the right solution is because I didn't test the idea with real people i didn't sort of in, let people interact with the idea before actually building out the whole the whole product huge mistake a massive mistake and i've learned massively from that is a lot of money that i spent um luckily it wasn't my own money but even still like that, that's, a, that's a healthy amount of money that i that i kind of wasted and so i think that experience has really taught me how to test ideas in a very cheap way so right now, with my new business wing, which um, if you don't know, it's a fully contactless business card solution. We're trying to innovate within the space of in-person networking um, entirely. Um, that that kind of came out of sort of the testing phase, and obviously we'll talk about the type of MVP that we used. Um, all of that stuff was sort of pre-tested. We're, we're a bootstrap company, even still to this day. Um, we tested everything out before sort of moving forward. And this is this isn't this is the thing that I kind of want to reiterate is that this whole testing your idea and testing like business ideas MVP all that all that type of stuff, it's not a one time thing. It's 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 very very continuous because you're always going to pivot. You're always going to have new ideas on how to develop your business, and if you just test it once, just like the initial idea once, and then kind of like build out from there, it's not going to be the right way. You have to you have to continuously test. And that, whether that's kind of like, you don't have to use the same MVP each time, like we'll talk about that, but you don't have to use the same MVP each time. You can, you can test it in different ways, depending on what the what the new idea is. But like for, for a bit of context, for, for Wing initially, we used a different MVP at the beginning. And then when, as we're kind of developing things out now, we're using a different MVP to test out like new features or like new sort of add-on augmentations and stuff like that um to the to the point now where we're, gro- we're growing like our user base very very healthily and it's it's getting to a phase where you know we're, we're now going to like different mvps to test like new new propositions and so it's a very continuous process but once you kind of instill that in your mind where it's more continuous then it does massively benefit your business for sure um so i think let's just jump into it really so the, the first thing i want to talk about and it's kind of the fundamental thing when it comes to testing ideas. is Is this sort of framework that, um, I don't know. I don't know if there's a name for it, but I just like let's just call it the experiment framework, I suppose. Um, and that the experiment framework is kind of like three stages. I'd say you got you got a hypothesis. That's the first one. The second stage is the MVP, so the minimum viable product that you're going to choose to test the AI hypothesis. And by the way, we're going to talk about each one of these individually anyway, so don't worry if you don't know what what each one of those means. And the third one would be the learning elements, the learning stage. So all three of those stages are extremely important. They're, like I wouldn't say one stage is more important than the other. I mean, you can maybe argue, but in my mind, all the like those three are very, very important. None of them can be kind of left out. And so... If we talk about the first stage, so the, the the hypothesis. So this is something that I guess I guess a lot of people get kind of wound up on on like what what is the hypothesis and all that all that type of stuff. I mean, it's it's very sort of simple. It's just it's just literally a hypothesis is a statement or or an assumption um, about what what is going to happen, um, but it hasn't been verified yet. And so it's stuff around sort of how your customers are going to behave, what what the costs will be um income or response are going to be like new channels new like you know channels that you're going to create new new propositions all that type of stuff and i guess some examples that i can kind of think of the top of my head and i'll, sp- I'll speak about some examples that, w- that we did for wing at the beginning um so examples that i can kind of think of right now it's i guess it's, it's sort of statements like my customers do not wish to continue using um i don't know like dropbox it's literally a, a no hate on Dropbox, by the way, if, if Dropbox is listening. Um, but I'm just like putting putting something out there. Um, so, so you could put something out there if if you're kind of like seeing existing things that are out there at the moment, and you think that your product or your idea is better than them in in a certain way. Your assumption might be, if there was a better, if there was a, if there was an alternative with these certain features that I want to build, then people would switch from Dropbox or like coca-cola or like literally it could be anything to to my brand that's the assumption um that you're kind of putting out there other ones can be like yeah the, the my customer will pay um 12 pounds a month for our software that's one that we originally that we were, we were testing actually so yeah real world example for my business obviously we have the the contactless product so the nfc uh product so that could be like the the, the card or, or whatever this sort of instrument we want to use and then we had the software. So our assumption was, our hypothesis was that we think that businesses would pay. Uh, what was it like? I think it was like three pounds per month for our software at the moment, and that was that was our assumption. Now we went out there and talked to some businesses. Right, this is this is the testing phase, the MVP stage, I guess you could say, and we actually spoke to them, and they they weren't sort of buying it. They didn't like that whole monthly thing. They, our software wasn't powerful enough at, at, as it was for them to kind of warrant the whole monthly payment process. And so our hypothesis was sort of brought down. It, it wasn't verified. And this is, not, this is the thing, right? Your, your hypothesis doesn't need to always be right. It, it, it's equally as valuable if it's not verified, right? Because you know that there isn't an appetite for it um so yeah that that's what i would say is that don't worry if your hypothesis is is obviously be realistic but it doesn't matter if it's not going to come true you want to you want to put something out there that you actually kind of want to happen maybe or like you the 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 future of the business kind of it it needs this assumption to be verified for it to develop um so yeah those are the kind of things that that I would put sort of statements like that other ones I can kind of think of that you would that you might use I'm um, kind of like just thinking of top of my head um, we will convert five percent of our web visitors into leads so that's another one that we're kind of thinking of at the moment if we're going to build in a premium feature for like I know so so for instance like Spotify is a very good example here so Spotify operates with this sort of freemium uh, you know, business model where they have a free membership with adverts for their for their music. And then some people will, like that hypothesis would be that we think some people will convert from that free membership to a paid membership where they don't have to listen to adverts. And we're going to charge them, I don't know how much it is, I think it's like £6 a month for it. So that's their assumption. Their assumption is that we think... I don't know what the numbers would be, but we think five percent of our free members will convert into paid members at this price. And so they put it out there, they test it with, with with like maybe a small group, or they might test it with like a lot of different people, and they can actually see the metrics. And so that's the sort of hypotheses hypotheses <laughs> that you want um, in in this sort of exercise. And I guess the next stage is the types of MVP that exist out there that you might want to utilize. So I think this sort of part of the podcast, it's a very good sort of thought exercise to see. Um, so when you come, like, it's good to have different MVPs in your mind so that when you have new ideas um, for your business, then you can kind of like deploy one that would, that would you know, suit it as best as it can. Um, so I guess like the, the ones that, i've kind of written down that i think would be really really helpful and obviously i'll highlight the ones that we've actually used in wing um so far so the first one would be a problem solution interview so this would be conversions with potential clients in which you know you try to sell them the product so i think the spotify example that i used previously is a very good example of that so they had the they had the free membership and then they kind of like um offered them the 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 paid one some of them bought some of them didn't buy and they kind of evaluate whether the metrics are there to kind of carry on doing that whether it'd be be feasible for them and i think obviously it it was feasible for them in in the the long run uh the second one this one probably applies more to early stage founders and that's that's a landing page so a landing page is literally just a a very you know small web size bit of a micro page where people can kind of like come to your website, see what you're all about, um, and you can kind of see what customers do, really. Uh, what I would kind of recommend here is that you wanna put some buttons here. So you, like there's a landing page and there's also like something called the smoke test where you want to have different buttons on the page. So certain, certain calls to action. So this could be stuff like, uh, I don't know, find out what happens here or like find out more or like, yeah, stuff like that really just to see what customers do um, before you've even built the software or anything behind it, um, just to see like, so for instance, it could be like sign, <laughs> I've seen this before by the way, where it's literally like sign up, where it's got a sign up button, um, and then when the customer sign like presses sign up, it goes to error 404 four four page, um, it's like doesn't exist. So I know that sounds a bit, it sounds like what, why would you do that? Like you're giving them a broken page, like it sounds a bit stupid. But if you actually think about what you're doing there, is that you've got a you've got a website, your landing page out there that you've probably built very quickly, and your your hypothesis there is I believe that I'll convert one um, percent of I don't know five percent of our of our traffic that we get on our landing page to sort of uh, signups. Right now, you can actually very easily track that. So you can track whether you get a th- hundred people coming to your site. You probably will get more than that if you if you if you do it in the right way. And you can actually see how many people press the sign up button from that hundred from that hundred people, and so even though they haven't given you their details, um, you can kind of tell very very you know well how many of them actually press the sign up button, and then obviously you can bring in stuff like oh yeah, but a lot of them will press the sign up button, but then they won't sign up. A lot of them will kind of see the form and then drop off. But but you've kind of got them into the funnel at that point. Uh, they're very very you know deep into the funnel if they've pressed the sign up page. They're probably like fairly serious, and so. That's that's a good one right there to see whether it was verified, and then obviously from there, if you get a lot of people pressing sign up, and it goes to the, the error 404 page, then you know that you should build up some stuff to test that even further. So you can build up like you know a waiting list or something like that, which is kind of, which is another type of MVP actually. is kind of like a waiting list to see how people would interact with it, um, and basically see like whether people would sign up or whatever. This is actually something that we kind of use for for wing the waiting list. Uh, feature so I kind of lump in waiting list and kind of like pre-order as as it depends on the, the type of product that you have so we're, we're in the process of launching our metal card right uh, for our for our products so we wanted to test whether people would actually like a metal card so before we even started out doing a supply run we kind of got we kind of got a few manu- manufacturers in mind got a few photos created the, the odd mock-up And then we basically went to a few different people and said, would you, would you buy this? And some of them would say yes, some of them would say no. And some of them said, yeah, the ones that said yes, it's kind of like, okay, well, we're charging this much for it. Would you, do you want to pay for it now? And then like, we'd deliver it in sort of, I don't know, four weeks time. uh, Once we kind of sort out the manufacturing process, all that, all that type of thing. And obviously we'll offer you this discount because of your patience and all this type of stuff. And you know out of the uh, yeah our hypothesis there is like other people that we approach you know 10 percent will lead to a sale or a pre-order and we yeah it was pretty much it was pretty much around that number to be fair it was probably a bit more actually than 10 percent um the ones that we approach so and they actually gave us the the money which you know really validated it and so we that's how we got our first sort of few orders and then we kind of put a supplier on from there so yeah, these MVPs are very, very valuable. So another type of MVP that I that we actually use at the very 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 start of the of the business is called the the Wizard of Oz MVP. And it's kind of probably it's kind of my favorite one, if I'm honest. Um I don't know if you can have favorites, but basically it's a concept that was introduced in the Lean Startup by Eric Reese um or Rice, I don't know how you want to pronounce it, um, as an example of MVP. And it basically consists of developing the front end of the site. Um and the platform if depending on like how much development work you want to do so that basically customers can have a very real experience um, of of how it works how your platform works but all the technology all the operations all the automation all that all that stuff that you want to have later on down the line it's all manual behind the scenes but they don't know that so a very very good example that I that I would love to use so obviously we we did that as well but I'll obviously go on, I'll go on to a better example so we used that at the beginning where People would basically buy our cards from us and we'd send them a Google form. They'd fill out the form of like what sort of links that they want and their profile picture, all that stuff. And then they thought that was kind of automated. So they thought their card would come to them. All their links would be automated, like all their links would be there and the whole process in the back end was kind of automated. What I actually was, was me, myself, creating their cards for them behind the scenes using that Google form and programming the cards myself. So it's very, very manual, basically. And the, the metal cards right now is, is even more manual than that. Um, but they don't know that. They think it's kind of all automated. So, yeah, that's that's kind of a very good example. But obviously, it validated a lot of things. But the, the one that I really want to highlight is that we had someone on the podcast earlier um, called Joe Bush. Now, I absolutely love this story, right? Because Joe wants to create a... So we saw a problem out there, basically. Um, a lot of e-commerce stores, a lot of other sort of websites really they wanted that personal service of a chat bot on their website. But the problem with chat bots that already exist out there is that the ones that use sort of robots are very, very sort of you can tell they're a robot and people, people kind of get put off by that. And then the, the flip side is that it's very sort of human. Um, so the human aspect is people that what people like and uh, the, the ones that are human powered, the conversion rate does go high a lot higher when it comes to sort of people, people buying on high ticket websites. Right. Um, but, the problem with that is that obviously if you're using a human, it's not very scalable at all because they, someone can't be literally on their computer 24-7 replying to people all the time. Um, and literally, yeah, because it'll be probably a bit quiet during the sort of 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. sort of time, but they still have to be at the computer in case someone comes up. So Joe thought that a good way to test whether... Automation could be used, and obviously AI can be used in this space, but AI is so crazy expensive to to use. Um, he thought a good way to kind of test whether companies would pay for an AI powered chatbot would be to go to a few companies, say that he already has that technology. So he did this. He did this. He went to a few different companies. He said he yeah, had the technology already, um, an AI powered chatbot, and he kind of showed them a few sort of mock ups or whatever. I can't remember the sort of exactly, but. He basically, he basically converted a few of those businesses to try it out on their website. Um, but little do they know, it wasn't actually a chatbot that was doing it. It was him. Him personally. Joe was doing it himself. So he was actually replying to every message. And the, the, the client thought it was an, a robot. So they were really impressed by that. So they kind of gave him a lot of money to kind of keep going with it. And then from there, he got a few other clients involved um, who were like paying him money for it. And then from there, because of the amount of money that he raised from, from these sort of like businesses, and I think he obviously got some investment, they were actually able to build this AI to take him away from the process to actually, you know, have it powered by an AI. And the process for the business didn't change at all. But for, for him, it changed massively because it was a very scalable solution by that point. So that's a very good example of the Wizard of Oz MVP being used very, very effectively. And then the last sort of MVP that I want to discuss very, very briefly is crowdfunding. And I know a lot of people have used this very, very effectively. So platforms such as like Kickstarter, Indiegogo, those sort of platforms. And and they allow you to validate the attractiveness of your proposal very well, right? Because obviously if you get people invested, they're they're the early users or the early purchasers of your product. So I mean, it works well. So yeah, it's very good. I've seen people obviously use that very, very effectively. Uh, the, the, I mean, there's so many other types of MVPs that I can mention Um, because this isn't an exhaustive list at all. But the ones that we've used for Wing has probably been the sort of waiting list one uh, or like pre-order one that you can mention or the, the, yeah, and the Wizard of Oz one. But the the thing that I want to obviously reiterate again is that you want to use different ones depending on the type of thing that you're testing. So obviously for different products, different business models, different MVPs suit it better. And that that's kind of what I would say. Um, so don't just think just like i want to use this mvp because i like i like how it works but like actually drill deeper to see how it would suit your hypothesis the best okay and the last stage which again very very important is the learning stage so that's basically around why people buy it why they don't buy it and the metrics that really matter and you know the metrics that that you want to evaluate should also be predetermined before you go forward so I mean these these can be there's so many different metrics that you can use depending on like what you actually want to test so it could be stuff around you know conversion rate, cost per acquisition, customer lifetime value, repeat rates, churn rates, uh, even the number the number of visitors, followers, leads, app like downloads, um, revenues even depending on like what you're trying to evaluate. So you can you kind of go on forever depending on like what you want to test and what you want, kind of want to want to get out of it basically. So yeah, that's it on this episode. So we talked about how to get your hypothesis, how to test your idea with an MVP and also learning the metrics that you should maybe look out for when testing your MVP, when testing your idea. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur. I'm gonna wrap it up there. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. Let me know if you, if you found a lot of value in this episode. Um, I'm, I'm genuinely interested to see your feedback um, but I mean, here's the thing, like we're still very early in, in my business and we're co- like constantly learning. Um, so constantly making mistakes. Right. So um, I, this is kind of from my own experience of what I've kind of learned and what's really helped me. Uh, so hopefully it would help you on your journey as well. Um, if you did enjoy this episode, please be sure to leave a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts. And as a thank you, I'll give you a shout-out in the next episode. You have my word on that one. Um, and if you're not on Apple, you can support us in other ways. Follow us on Twitter. Twitter? We don't even have Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on LinkedIn. Um, YouTube. We're on YouTube, actually. And, yeah, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much again. And I'll catch you in the next one, which will be a guest episode. So thank you so much.